Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to MAP Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Mavs Sports Take. This is episode 16 with myself, Ryan Roberts, David Turner here, your weekly podcast for sports, business, and everything else you need to know. Football, NFL draft, anything we got you here in the sports world. I got Mr. David Turner on with me, of course. David, we have a special guest tonight, so I'll let you get your little introduction out to begin, man. How's everything on your end, my friend? Everything is well over here. Just, uh, just trying to stay stay positive through all this uh, adversity that's being thrown my way. <laughs> I hear you, man. David, David is uh, still in the. What, what you got on right now, David? You got a boot on? You just chilling out right now? What's going on there? Yeah, no, I have a boot on. I'm on crutches, and the doctor just called and said uh, it's looking like surgery's on its way. So, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, so right, much well, fun, baby. Hey, Merry Christmas well, to me. <laughs> Merry <laughs> Christmas to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you as you wish, David, a speedy recovery from his injury. We want to thank Mr. Justin Lazary to come on here tonight on Mass Sports Take episode 16 again. For just a little background, my playing days, Maple Shade High School in New Jersey. Laz was my offensive coordinator, and then I got the chance to coach with him also after I graduated. So, Justin, if you want to just say hello to the folks, man, appreciate you coming on tonight as well. Hey, listen, uh, what's up, guys? I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, what a great opportunity to talk some ball with uh, two guys of your stature and uh, looking forward to getting to it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. If you missed our podcast last week, and first and foremost, we are live here on Twitter, on Periscope for Twitter. We're on uh, YouTube and on David's Facebook. So we appreciate everybody, the live viewers that are in here already. We thank you so much. As always, if you want to buzz in a question in the chat room, we will definitely take it all night as long as uh, we have some time here. We want to uh, introduce the next segment. Before we do, if you missed us last week, we were joined by former Northern Iowa offensive lineman Spencer Brown, who's making his way down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl this year. He decided to opt out and really focus on the draft process. Really talented football player. You have not taken, uh, taken a look at him already. We're also going to build our own front office. What does that mean? You're going to find out in a couple of seconds. Before we do, we have a couple awesome interviews this week that we're excited to bring to you all tonight. Now, this what these were recorded beforehand, so you need to check out our – if you are live with us right now, you need to check out Mavs Sports Take release at 3 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow, which would be Wednesday November 25th, day before Thanksgiving. Those interviews that we had, we're going into the NBA 2K League, a world that I didn't know too much about. Talking to the Warriors Gaming Squad representatives, we're talking to their star player, Charles Bostwick, a.k.a. CB13, and head coach, Michael Newton. 
Okay, welcoming in now CB13. Now, this is, a, this is a grand opportunity here at Mav Sports Take because we like to bring people a different look on sports, the business of sports. And now what's one of the new up-and-coming sports that everybody's hearing about is eSports. And CB13, Charlie, you are one of the elite young players in the NBA 2K um, eSports world. And so getting you on is really is really kind of neat for me as an 18-year NFL scout, not knowing much about esports. You're going to educate me a lot tonight yep. and our audience too. Yeah, I appreciate you for having me on. You know, it's an honor to be um, invited on the show. And yeah, I'm ready to break it down for you, get get into it. Well, let me, let me tell them your resume a little bit. I'm really excited about this. So mm-hmm. last year, 2019, at 18 years old, you are a first-round pick by the Warriors gaming squad, yep. number 10 overall. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. And it, the draft was held in the Barclays Center, which is really nice for me considering I'm from New York. So it was a pretty surreal experience. Now, if I take it right, if I understood right, you brought your mom and was your uncle over there and you walked up on stage and you got the hat and everything? Yeah, they had an in-person uh, draft at the Barclays Center in the lobby where I think a couple hundred like draft prospects were invited out to come and go. So my mom and my uncle ended up coming with me um, and I got to sit up on like, a, like these front like I think there was like six to 10 tables set up in the front of like the guys who they thought were going to go early, kind of like they do in the NBA. So I had my little like top 10 prospect, like badge on my like uh, collar and things like that. And then when the 10th pick rolled around, I kind of knew that was where I was going. They showed pretty good amount of interest in me. So when I got called, it was just crazy. I went up there and grabbed the hat and all that. It was, it, it was kind of like a real NBA draft. Obviously it's not the exact same thing, but it was definitely an interesting moment for sure. That is awesome. Now, you know, you were, you've also been invited to participate in the USA basketball e-national team trials. Yep. And you, you were NBA 2K first team. All, yeah, all rookie I, I got all, it. It's the first team all over. Yeah, I got first team all uh, league this year. I had a pretty good season with the Warriors. We made it to the finals actually this season. We lost three to one to the Wizards. So, I mean, it was a great season regardless, being the second team out of the 23 in the league. All these teams are fantastic. So any like re- any awards or any like making it to the finals and stuff is definitely surreal. And then, yeah, I also happened to get invited as one of the top 30 players to the uh, USA basketball e-national team trials. So everything every time a new accolade comes in it's definitely surreal and it's it's crazy to think that it's coming from a video game i never think that that would be possible how did you know you wanted to take this passion for video games to the professional level like let our young players know that are listening and our parents that don't understand this like me like yeah. how does a young person at 17 18 years old go i want to do this professionally yeah so I can kind of run you through what was going on. So in my high school, I went to Regis High School in New York City. um, And in our second half of the year, um, you're allowed to go into school some days, but then you're also allowed to just do service. So a lot of my days ended early. And when my days ended early in the last semester of my senior year of high school, I would just have a lot of time on my hands. So me and my buddies started playing this 5v5 Pro-Am mode in uh, NBA 2K. And I turned out to be pretty good at it. And I was winning some money online. And then one thing led to another. And I kind of envisioned that I was good enough to like try and actually do this. Um, and then I ended up trying out in this, it, it's called the NBA 2K League Combine where anybody can kind of load up into it and you get queued up five versus five um, with five random people on your team and five random people on the other team. And I performed pretty well in that, graded out pretty well. I think I averaged like 30 points and 20 assists in that, kind of like dominated the 40 games. 
And then when I got the email um, that I was put in the draft pool, so you go from trying out online to putting into this draft pool of like 300 people and not all 300 people even get drafted. I came home on uh, like Christmas break. I go to Fordham University still in New York and I came home on Christmas break and I told my parents um, at Christmas, like dinner, Christmas Eve dinner, that um, I'm not going to end up, I'm not heading back to school in the spring and I want to see how this goes. And they just, uh, at first they were kind of awestruck. Like, what are you talking about? You're not going back to school. Um, and I was like, no, I'm going to take a semester off and try to play 2K for a living. And I was showing them all these lists of the rankings, like you were saying about scouting. I was like, mom, I'm like top five in this top seven on this one. Like, I- I'm pretty sure I'm going to get drafted. And she wasn't having it at first. So then we kind of came to an agreement that as long as I continue pursuing my degree as I'm in the league, which I'm doing right now, um, is mutually beneficial for both of us. And so, um, that's kind of how it went. So now I still do, um, I still do school, but I am pursuing, you know, a professional career with the Warriors gaming squad presently. Well, tell me about this. Oh, I'm sure that was a bombshell at Christmas dinner, right? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, my uncle, my dad, everyone was looking at me like I had two heads. So, I mean, once, once we came to the understanding that I would stay in school, it kind of like lessened the burden. But at first, considering I'm, a, I consider myself a really good student. So school for my mom, at least she always thought I would turn into like being a lawyer or, or a doctor or something. And I was like, mom, I'm going to play video games with my hands. I'm not going to do it to perform surgery. I'm going to do it with my hands to play video games. So <laughs> It was definitely a bombshell at first. Now, when did you start playing NBA 2K? Well, I always played it like with friends and stuff. I feel like every kid kind of plays NBA or not every kid, but kids that like sports play NBA 2K in their free time at least. Um, and I realized I was pretty good at it. So when me and my buddies all had this free time, as I was saying at the end of our senior year, um, we were like, you know, let's see what we can do in 5v5. And we did pretty well, honestly. And then after that, all those guys kind of went to college and went and do their normal thing. All of them are about to graduate in a year um, from college now. Me, I just kind of set out on this other path where I thought, you know, I could really be considered one of the best in the world. This year, I came in second for MVP and my team came in second um, in the championship. So, I mean, it's pretty much paid off up to this point. And, you know, for, I guess, people trying to get into video games in general, if you really do think you can do it, I just like, not put your all in it. I'm still doing school, but if you really do like seek something, you put in the hard work, you can do it for sure. What was the first video game that you can remember playing and like kind of being addicted to as a young man? What was yeah. the first one? I would say it was an early Madden. I don't know which one. It might have been actually. It might have been NFL 2K5 with my dad. I feel like when I started playing video games with my dad when I was younger, I was like kind of into it and I have a brother who's only 18 months younger than me so like me and him are kind of similar in what we do we always would play each other in video games and things like that and sports you know both of us play basketball football and baseball growing up um so it was just a competitive factor to be honest with you like I'd always want to beat my dad or my brother in a video game same as I would playing basketball so I'd say NFL uh 2k5 all the way back then I was five back then I was born in 2000 so that's kind of amazing so at five years old you got the bug and now at 18 you went pro Yep. And now at 20, I'm a retained player, protected player for the Warriors and uh, plan to do this for quite some time now going up. That's amazing. That is. And now now you talked about making some money when you were going through high school at it. Did your parents know you were doing this, like making some money when you're going through or was that just like your side hustle? You didn't talk. Yeah, it was it was something on the side, really. My parents, I don't think they would have condoned me like putting money in, like, cause you have to pay an entry fee as well. It's not like guaranteed that you make money off of the game. You know what I mean? So me going through it, I was just telling them I was just playing whatever. They probably just thought 
this kid just really likes to play video games. Like there's no monetary value in it, but I was really playing really well in the amateur scene. I would say a good month for playing in the amateur scene, you could make like 2000 to $2,500. Like this is playing amateurly. Um, and then when you get into the real scene, now there's a salary. So now it's a lot easier to, you know, explain what I do. And now my parents are one thing I would say when my parents were, um, super not against it, but they were super cautious of it at first. And now like for this season, obviously with COVID, we couldn't go back and forth. Usually we play in New York. So I get to go home like once a week. So it's always, I see my parents always to see like my grandparents and my friends from home for COVID. I was in San Francisco from February all the way to the first week of September. So I didn't see any of them. And I would always get pictures of my friends, my, my parents, all of them wearing all this warrior stuff. So, I mean, they're completely like one, I wouldn't say 180, but they've completely like come around on the idea and they're like super fans. Now, like there's a lot of trades going on in the 2K league um, this off season. And every single one, my mom will send me a link. Like, what do you think about this? I'm like, mom, I didn't even text you about it. Like, what are you texting me about it? So um, it's definitely fun to see, but yeah, back then I would kind of hide it, but now it's full fledged. Now, where did you stay out in the Bay when you were out there? Um, so my first season in season two of the 2K League, I was too young. I was a senior in high school for season one, so I couldn't try out. Um, in season two, where I was drafted 10th overall to the Warriors, we lived in Emeryville, which is a little bit north of Oakland. It's on the um, east side of the Bay. It's in the East Bay. And then this past season, we actually lived in um, San Francisco, which was a great experience. I really liked my uh, time in San Francisco, even though it's really expensive and the food there is really expensive. It was definitely a lot of fun. Well, you know, that's I grew up outside of San Francisco in Concord, Walnut Creek area. I went okay. to Bell South High School and everything. So, and then another cute connection I have with you is my son Gregory lives in Broad Channel. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know your son for a while now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's just, it was fun to see that you had a connection, and now that you were living in the Bay and everything, that was that's kind of cool. So, yeah. um, what's your major? You talk about going to Fordham, still going to school, balancing it. What's your major at Fordham? Um, I'm a finance major at Fordham right now. I'm uh, going into my junior year coming up. I'm a semester behind because I'm doing, you know, the 2K League. You can't, it's impossible. It's, I wouldn't say impossible, but it's too hard to really do like full-time 2K League during the season and the full-time school. So I'm a semester behind, but my, um, my major is uh, finance in the Gabelli School of Business at Fordham. So. So you're going to be playing the stock market pretty soon like you do video games. Yeah, hopefully. I'm really not sure what I want to do yet, but um, yeah, that's my major for now, at least. I gotcha. Did you have a mentor or somebody coming up when you were starting in the gaming world? Was there an older player that you looked up to or that maybe, you know, took you under their wings and kind of guided you a little bit? Honestly, I wouldn't say like one person in particular, but I'd say the community, like in general, like going into it, there was a few people that were balancing college and the 2K league before me in that first season. So I'd reach out to a couple of guys and say like, Hey, how's this going for you? Do you think this is a good idea for me to do? Cause I mean, I could sit here and say to you that I full-fledged knew like this was a great idea for me to do, but going through it, I was not really sure if I wanted to just give up like the traditional route of college, like knowing that the traditional route is, I wouldn't say so effective, but it's like kind of the path of least resistance, especially for someone like me who's always been good in school. So just going into it, I really asked like a bunch of different players. I wouldn't say it's one in general, but I was asking a bunch of players like, hey, how do you do school and this? do you think I should do this? Is this actually a good idea to like pursue this? And yeah, I'd just say it would, it was a few different people, not really one. That's awesome that the community like, ex, you know, brought, brought you in and talked to you about it and how to go. I know one thing in my career and in a lot of people's successful careers that there's a mentor or some, somebody 
that helps pave the way or gives you ideas and gives you some guidance on how to accomplish, you know, what you see as your goals and in, in that career line and that's in that structure. So yeah. that's really cool. The gaming has that. Now tell me, is there coaching? Is there training? Like, is, yes, how does this, how does this go? Yes. This is an interesting part. Uh, Cause people can wrap their head around the concept of like five people playing the video game. But then when you get into like, the nitty gritty of it. So for the Warriors gaming squad, at least I can attest that we have four to five scouts on our rot, like that work for us that scout other teams. Um, there's this guy, his name is Josiah Cohen is that's Josiah Cohen 13 on Twitter. He literally has like any stat you can imagine. Like if you could, if you were to ask him, like how much does the Bucks point guard shoot from like the right wing or like the right elbow, like he'd have like the number or the percentage that he shoots from there. Like these guys for sort of scouting department are like the best in the league and they, prepare us better than I could even imagine. I, I remember walking in a bunch of times into our practice room and guys would be on the like zoom on a zoom call or discord call with our scout team talking over these players tendencies that we're going to play this week. So as much as like you were saying about the scouting being something you need to wrap your head around, it's definitely such a big role in this. And then on top of that, we have a head coach. So our head coach actually works with the G leagues, uh, the Santa Cruz warriors as well. He works in player development there. Um, and he's the head coach of our Warriors gaming squad. His name's Mike, Mike Newton. And then we have a general manager as well. And his name's Rustin C. Lee. And he's always wheeling and dealing trades. He actually traded for the pick that they ended up using on me um, in season two. So he's, you know, well-versed in trading and he's always looking to make the roster better. So there's definitely a structure that kind of emulates real life sports in some way. So it's easy to kind of put two and two together. So wait a minute, you can trade one of your players. Yeah, on your uh, to another team, but then do they then do they have to be flown out and live with you guys? Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. So they wow. move like so. So this last season with COVID, they like said there's no trades because obviously it's like a risk if people are going to be moving. So if I were to be traded to say the Knicks or something, I can't come to New York and have to quarantine and all that stuff. It just wasn't like worth it for the league. But in season two, um, countless midseason trades happened. So one of my friends ended up going from. I think he ended up going from where do he, he was uh, the magic and then the Grizzlies and then somewhere else. So he was jumping around like in the middle of the season and um, yeah, you move, you move. So he's in Orlando staying there playing. And then, you know, he gets the call from his GM. Hey, we appreciate what you're doing. But then we want to trade you. Boom. He moves to Memphis like within the week and now he's playing in Memphis. So it's definitely got the parallels to real life sports in that, in that aspect. I got to look into this GM gig. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. And um, we do. uh, So for me, like I said, I was traded. Well, I wasn't traded, but the 10th overall pick was traded from Lakers gaming for a player on the Warriors that averaged 20 and 10 in season one. And then so the Warriors had the second overall pick and they picked uh, a lockdown. His name is uh, Grady and he's a great lockdown in the league. And then I was picked number 10 by the Warriors. And then so then this past season. Um, our general manager ended up pulling the trigger on another trade, which sent our power forward to the Brooklyn Nets, along with our third round pick in this upcoming draft for the Nets center and their third round pick, which was like six picks higher than us. So it's a, it's, there's picks involved. There's, you know, players involved, all this good stuff in trades. Wow. You are opening my eyes and hopefully a lot of our viewers eyes to, to what you do and what, what this whole league looks like, because yeah. I know I talked to Ray Farmer about three years ago and he was looking to invest in a Madden team because he saw these esports as being as explosive as they, as they are becoming now. Mm-hmm. And it, and then when Gregory told me he knew you, I was like, yeah, we definitely want to put a, a spotlight on this for our audience to see 
that it can be a career for young for young people and that they can balance it with school in some sort and fashion. They might be a year back or something when it's all said and done, but really, you know, they've had to a, a ability to chase their passion in gaming while going to school and, and getting their education too, to have something to fall back on. So yeah, I no, really definitely. appreciate you coming on the show and, and educating us some, and hopefully you'll come back at another date and, and we can talk to you maybe during the season and see how it's going. Yeah, definitely. The next season uh, starts, actually, I believe it'll be announced publicly, but it'll start in about like mid-April coming up this next year. So right now we're doing, again, with the GM stuff, we have group chats where we all, you know, we're all on the same team with the Warriors. We're all talking about these prospects that we're looking to draft in this upcoming draft, all this stuff, trades maybe, all all, all things that kind of relate to real-life sports as well. It's, it's definitely a crazy thing now. Well, that's awesome. And I really, Charlie, I really appreciate you coming. CB13, I guess I should call you th- yeah. CB13. Now tell the folks like how to find you and how to come follow you and, um, you know, how they can be more interactive and in, in, in get involved with what you're doing in your fan base. Yeah. So for more for my gaming side of things, I mainly operate on Twitter for my gaming side of things. My ads just four letters, CB13. Um, and then my Twitch, which I try to stream on daily, if not every two days is CB13 underscore on Twitch. Um, that's where you'll find like what build I'm using all these different things that professional players are really using to be better at NBA 2k. So, and again, I, I thank you for having me on. This is a lot of fun. It was great to be informative for you and the listeners. And yeah, I definitely would be down to come back on again at a later date. Oh, Charlie, you're the best. I appreciate this. And I'm definitely yeah, going to send you some Mav gear. Send a set. Let, let Gregory know where I can send you some Mav gear so you can sport some Mav gear while you're rolling around the bay. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for, again, thanks for having me on. It's always an honor to get interviewed for something like this playing video games. So thanks. You are tuned in to Mav Sports Take episode 16, I believe we're on now. And we're joined now by Mr. Mike Newton, who is the Warriors gaming squad head coach of the NBA 2K League, former graduate assistant at Cleveland State University, basketball operations assistant for the Wisconsin Herd before joining the Santa Cruz Warriors coaching staff, and now, like I said, Warriors gaming squad head coach, something that I'm finding a lot about over the last couple of days because I didn't know too much about this, Mike. Before we get started, man, how's everything going for you health-wise? I know it's a crazy world we're living in right now. Yes, man. First off, I just want to say thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited, um, you know, to, to dig into the gaming world. Um, everything's good here, man. I mean, you know, I got an opportunity I probably wouldn't have, um, you know, to get back home. I'm in Cleveland right now, spending some time with family and friends. You know, the holidays coming up. Um, got some well-deserved time with my daughter. So I'm, I'm excited to be home, um, you know, and just wait for the season to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Mike, I, I feel like I hope I hope that me and David just aren't completely oblivious to the world. I feel like maybe some people don't know too much about the the NBA 2K League, the Warriors gaming squad that you were the head coach of. Can you just take us through briefly how you got involved with the team? Just a little of the backstory to how you became in the role that you are now. Yeah. So kind of like you too, I was oblivious as well. I mean, I've heard of the 2K League. You know what I mean? I didn't really know much about it. Um, so one day, you know, I was at home with my father. We're just outside. I'm um, in the driveway at this at this time. I had already um, been offered the Santa Cruz opportunity. And, you know, I accepted. So I was excited, ready to move. And my GM, Ryan Atkinson of the Santa Cruz Warriors, reached out and he was like, hey, like, do you know anything about 2K? And it was just really random. So I'm like, you know, 
reached, told my dad, like, hey, like my GM just reached out to me. I don't know if he's asking, can I play to like be a player on the team? I have no idea what's going on. So, I, you know, after I'll say three to five minutes, you know, he was like, hey, like, I think it'll be a good opportunity for you to coach. Um, so like I tell everybody at first I declined it, um, the interview process, I was like, you know, I'm okay. Um, reason being, um, you know, after the G league season is, I think it's half a year, you know, I spend most of my time and opportunity, you know, to network, um, I work in the NBA summer league during the summer. So I didn't want to, you know, that to chip into my other opportunities of networking. Um, so, you know, being a professional, you always reach back out, say, thank you for thinking about me, the opportunity. And then at that point, my GM was like, I appreciate it, but I still think you should at least interview. So when he said that, I just looked at my dad. I was like, I mean, basically this guy's telling me I have the job. So um, I interviewed for like a month, I believe. And um, luckily I got, I got the job. Um, and then that's, that's kind of how I got involved, man. That's, that's super interesting. I, I kind of want to, like, so in the interview process, I'm just trying to like. Yeah, that's what I'm into. Sort of, <laughs> yeah, what's like, the interview like, process? Right. It, or did you like sit down, get on the sticks and show that you had some game? Like, yeah. what's what's the process there? So this was pre-COVID. So um, at this time, I think this was early. What was this? This might have been August. So like mid-August, um, you know, he reached out. So from there. I believe that Rustin, so that's that's the GM that CB talked about in the other um, episode, Rustin Lee, uh, which is my manager, we work hand in hand. Um, you know, he reached out, um, I talked to him, kind of interviewed. So honestly, I was just upfront with him and I was, you know, very honest and just told him like, hey, I, I play 2K, but not competitively, you know, I don't really play online. I just play back at the, at the crib with the friends, you know, and just kick it chill, like it's nothing serious. And, <laughs> You know, he was like, I mean, that's fine. Like, you know, we could teach you that. But really, we're looking, you know, for someone to be personable. Um, we're more more towards look, we're more leaning towards, you know, someone who could really mold these guys and not so much on the sticks, but off the sticks. And we're just looking for a relationship guy. So that's something I feel as though one of my, my skill sets is, you know, being personable, being likable, but also being able to, you know, be that li- liaison, um, you know, amongst the younger crowd, because I'm not you know, older, but at the same time, you know, I can relate to these guys as a professional. So that was that. And then, you know, I think from there, I interview with, uh, it's kind of random, but the last coach, his name's Tommy. Uh, I reached out to coach Tommy and we talked. So um, got feedback from him. Then one of our scouts, who was Josiah, who um, he'll, he'll be a GM in 2K League one, one year. He's a very smart analyst guy. Interview with him. And I believe I talked to one more guy who oversees all of um, esports, which is Hunter Lee. Um, so it was like four guys, man. And, and a lot of the questions was just, you know, uh, what, what would I instill? Like they put me in scenarios like, you know, defensively, how would you play? Like just random questions just thrown at me. And, you know, for me, it was different because, you know, I'm thinking from a, a real life perspective and as we'll get into, and as you guys probably know, it's not real life, it's a video game. So um, some of some of my, you know, schemes um, wouldn't work in 2K. And I just had to understand that as time went on. Now, where when did you fall in love with basketball? Where did it begin? When did you start playing and coaching? Take us through your younger years and, and this love for the game that now is translated to the electronic love of the game. 
For sure. So, yeah, I, I played basketball my whole life, man. Uh, my parents got me into sports really early with the intentions on, you know, again, being able to build relationships, create friends. It's an easier way to create friends, learn teamwork. So I think I started playing basketball right around five. Um, you know, I think my first time playing competitively, like not outside, but in an actual league was probably around eight. Um, at the time, I was decent. I wasn't really good. And that's kind of how I, I was every year in sports. Like my first year was pretty rough. Um, I would say I was a soft kid to start. But as, as time went on, like I said, those second years really picked up. So, I mean, I played in little rec leagues. And then I think it was one year, I was probably around 10 or 11. And I was playing in this rec league and I realized I was really good. I, I scored like 28 points, probably like three times. So from there, um, one of our rec teams also was a traveling team. So they asked me to join. Um, and it was my first time out of the city of Cleveland. So I went to Dayton, Ohio. I had a great showing um, from there. Another team reached out to me and my best friend, um, Team Berea Sports. And, you know, we took them to the next level. And then that got me. I, I played for King James Shooting Star, so LeBron's AU team. Um, I played for them on the AU circuit. So, I mean, I've been playing competitively my whole life. Um, I played collegiate basketball, so I played for King James Shooting Stars the EYBL, which a lot of you'll see the NBA guys go to, uh, a lot of NBA guys start there um, for traveling basketball. Um, in Cleveland, Ohio, if you look up my high school, St. Edwards, um, I have a very great coach and Eric Flannery, who, you know, he coaches USA basketball every year. Um, he coached in McDonald's All-American game. He coached in a Jordan Brand Classic game, um, you know, and then I went on to play collegiate basketball under Roly Massimino, um, who coached at Villanova championship yeah. in 1985. So Northwood university was a D2 NAI went on to, um, you know, play, I transferred from his school, got homesick, um, transferred and played my last three years at a school in Ohio called Urbana university, which is now shut down. And then from there, that's when I went to, um, you know, Cleveland state. So, I mean, I've, I've had runs, um, you know, I've been, been all around the world playing basketball um, before I got into my coaching career. Awesome. And Mike, I wanted to ask about, you know, that transition, right? Cause like I, I've been in the, in that transition of coming from a player to a coach. It's like weird, right? Like I, I felt like it was really weird, especially like early on. Right. Like, cause you're just, For sure. you have that player mentality. Then all of a sudden sure. you're like, you're like, you're, you can't really affect the game as much as you, you want to, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a little bit weird, but talk to me a little bit about the, maybe the transition from player to coach. I know you were also in the basketball operations assistant. So like, the different roles that you went into, what was the transition like from a player to those various roles? Yeah, that's a great question. So that was really tough, man. My um, So my first year when I player to like graduate assistant, so, mm -hmm. you know, bottom of the totem pole, I think I was getting paid a stipend. So I think it was like $398 a month. Like that was tough, man, taking master's classes and like I would practice with these guys. I thought I was good enough, you know, especially being a kid, you know, coming from a D2, practicing against, you know, Division One guys. You score one time, you get the big head, like, oh, this. But you got to keep, like, in your mind and keep that vision ahead that you're a coach, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it was tough, man, going from having my laundry washed to washing laundry, um, some of the tasks, just picking up food. And, you know, it, it was it was very humbling, um, to say the least. Um, to become like going from a player into a selfless role. But I think my my first year at Cleveland State was the toughest for me. It was just like, man, it was a cultural shock. And then going to Milwaukee, um, 
you know, working with the Bucks G League team, um, it was still tough just because it was from college to NBA and everything was so player oriented and has to be this way. Like, and if it's not, it's the end of the world. So for me, it was like, man, I had to, you know, sharpen up on my attention to detail. And, um, you know, after my first couple of months in the G League with the Bucks, um, you know, that's when I really made strides. And I realized, like, you know, I just got to, like I said before, just pay more attention to detail, understand that it has to be perfect, everything. Like, if one margin was off on my typing, like, they're going to notice this. So there's no sh- shortcut. So um, that experience at Cleveland State really helped me. Um, some of the roles and duties that I had as a coach over the years um, or basketball operations assistant, which I still have to this day is scouting. So um, whether that's for, you know, games or just previews, I was sent to the GM. Um, I will also help with trades and, you know, picking up free agents in the G League, we call that available player pool. Um, you know, I practice with the guys, so I still go to court. Um, I'm also like outside of practice time. So if guys want to come in late night gym sessions, you know, I'm opening the gym, putting them through their own individual workout, just me and them one-on-one. I do what I'm really in love with is player development. Um, And that's what I try to strive for with my 2K team. Like I want want you to be just as good off the court as you are on the court. So um, some of my roles right now uh, with the G League team, you know, I set up all of the, you know, any type of extracurricular. So I'll give you two. I set up a visit to Sony um, for our whole team, the headquarters. So PlayStation and Sony headquarters. Um, I set up a a visit where we got like a tour. Um, And then the NBA league office, I set up a tour in New York to take our team there. So um, I'm really into that stuff. Yeah. But I I wear multiple hats and and just like anybody else, I'm, I'm not special at all, man. I mean, if you're in the G league, like you just, just what it comes with, you have to wear multiple hats. And um, that's just what I do. Now you were taking talking about you know knowing the available player pool and stuff, and then knowing how to do, uh, scout and all this. Take us through what is the process of identifying and selecting a player in the two K league? Like, how does this process? Like again, knowing the NFL draft process, I'm very aware of it. But how do we scout the player? Like when we talked to CB13, he was talking about being scouted and ranked, and then going on stage and getting a Warriors hat, and like. It was amazing. So tell me more about that process. So last year, um, last year was my first year coaching. So last year, I actually wasn't a part of the scouting process just because um, in Warriors legal, you can't be double hired. So I couldn't hold two titles at once. Um, But right now, I'm actually currently going through, um, you know, some of the scouting with our front office staff, so our GM. um, Like I mentioned before, Josiah's a scout. We have a couple of other guys where um, what they do is these kids, they stream. So, you know, they have Twitch accounts where, you know, they're playing online, but they stream so you can watch them. And then, you know, you can hear them talk there in the chat. Um, So, you know, they're also on teams with other prospects. So, I mean, I just think a lot of it is, you know, these GMs on other teams, they talk, um, you know, players talk. So CB13, I know, was involved a lot because he's a smart kid. He's involved a lot with the scouting last year. Um, and like I said, you just watch, depending on team needs, like our team, we're basically bringing back the core of our team. I mean, we're bringing back four, four returners, um, and that's the most you can bring back. So we'll be drafting two players. Um, and, you know, for the most part, you know, our job is that we know exactly what we need. We need either, you know, a big or a four. Um, and then your six man, you know, I'm not going to give away the secret juice, but your six man, depending on what, you know, players or what, what teams are looking for, that's how you, you 
go about getting your six man. So our team did a great job. Like I said, I wasn't involved in it, so I can't take credit, but um, our GM and our staff did a great job of identifying talent, but also making it mesh by getting the right pieces. But I mean, it's definitely a process. You scout, right? You um, depend on team needs, you look at the players. And then to CB's point, they even have mock drafts. <laughs> like I've seen a couple of mock drafts today on Twitter. And then, you know, they have like an on stage where it's just like the NBA draft where these guys get drafted, they get their hat, they take a picture with the commissioner, get interviewed, man. I mean, it's the real deal, man. It's the real deal. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> but you're talking about scouting a digital player. So when you're talking about running a four, it could be a 12 year old that's like five foot two playing the four position, right? Yeah. So basically well, you can create your player. So first, you know, let's just go through this. So the league, they, and I know you were just joking with the 12, but they have requirements, right? So you have to be of age. So I think it's 18. Um, you got to have a certain, um, it's a requirement to have a certain amount of games. Your win percentage has to be, you know, at a certain level and you have to be invited to the draft combine. So we skipped that. There actually has a combine. So there's a draft combine. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So from there, you know, everybody's in this combine and you're kind of watching players. Um, and then from there, like, it doesn't matter how tall. So for instance, I'm 5'10". I, I tell people I'm six foot, uh, you know, <laughs> So I tell I people want, I'm five six, but I'm five. <laughs> I tell, I mean, um, so for me, yeah, I'm five ten, but I can make my players six seven. Like they create their players to a um, certain standard. So you know, they may, and, and these players all have certain abilities that they can create. So, for instance, um, my big fella, I think he's like six two, but he has a big man. I think his big man is like six ten, and he's a glass cleaner, or maybe seven. I don't know, but glass cleaner meaning like. His job is literally or his his best attributes are rebounding, you know, setting screens and then finishing as somebody else. You don't see too much of this. They can have a five who's six ten popper. So that that guy may not be as good as, you know, my stretch on the glass and finishing, but he can shoot better than that big. So it's so much that goes into like the players and how they create a man. It's wild. It's wild, man. I see David's head spinning right now. You see, I, yeah. I see it's it's trying to get in there, but well, yeah, because well, when I was at, well, oh no, hold on, when I was a young player, young man, I used to play Madden, and we'd create our own players and do that. Right. But you couldn't call it a glass cleaner or a popper. Sure. You were just creating somebody with high weight, speed, yep, yep, yep. and that was it. And then you put them out there, and you you know you played. Um, so like to hear these other how intricate it's become. And so now these kids like like CB, he, he's creating his his athlete and then he's playing this athlete off screen, off off court, I guess it would be called. And as you guys, young people call it on the sticks. And, <laughs> and and then and then he's playing this player that he's created. So you got to be part creator, part skill to play sure. the game. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And like I said, like these guys, they take days and out months and, you know, of just scanning which, which build, and they call it the build, which build is the best because each position probably has, I would say anywhere from like eight to 12 builds. So I only gave you two, a center may have, you know, app two way athletic finisher, glass cleaner. One may be, you know, a popper. One may be, you know, brick wall. One. So there's all these different names and types of bills that you can use. And all these guys are just trying to find the best build to use and then play from there. So I think CB last year started off as a slashing uh, 
slashing playmaker where he couldn't shoot as good, but he was athletic. So he would get to the rim and just dunk on everybody. But as the year went on and you can change throughout the season, like you can change game to game. So as the year went on, guys started to lay off him and force him to shoot. So at that point, I think he went to like a, a pure, I don't even remember what it was. There's so many names, but he went to a, a point guard that could shoot. And, uh, you know, from from that point on, you know, he, he his his statistics went up, um, his three point percentage went up. But it's basically, you know, you tailor your game towards the build that you choose. So if you're going to choose a pure sharp, which is a shooter and you love to shoot, then you should pick that build. Why would you pick, you know, a, a slashing guard when you want to shoot threes, if it makes sense? So um, that's what the build does for you. It helps you, um, you know, tailor towards the game that you want to play. Yeah, my head's about to explode. <laughs> well, Mike, I, I'm curious about the um, the NBA 2K League a little bit because you talked about it a, li- um, a little bit, obviously, throughout the interview. How many teams are in the league and, and how competitive is it just being around the league and, and how difficult and how great are, are some of these players that you're talking about? Yeah, so it's 23 teams. Um, it's very competitive. They said last year was the most competitive Um And I believe for two reasons, Um, you know, a lot of talent came in last year. And, you know, I think um, with the talent that came in, a lot of the older guys who have been in the league kind of underestimated how good this past draft pool was. And I mean, it made for a great season. Um, And then second, it was remote play. So it was the first year of remote play. So, you know, typically or generally speaking, every week, um, you know, all of the teams, for the most part, unless you have a buy, they meet up in New York and they play. Um, you know, in a neutral, a neutral um, arena in New York where they're facing face to face, like across from the room. So they're on the same um, same network, the same connection. And that way there's no lack of speed. There's no lagging. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're on the same playing field um, this year. You know, uh, all the teams we dealt with, um, the teams they dealt with, you know, lag outs. So what I mean by lag out is, you know, during the game connection may just be dropped and boom, right. game's over. You know what I mean? And you got to start over or, you know, sometimes, you know, their megabytes just weren't fast enough. You know what I mean? Their speed just wasn't fast enough to play. So it was so much that went into it where, you know, a team. So say for instance, we're playing the New York Knicks a gaming squad and we're playing on the East coast server. We're delayed. So we got to get used to that lag time. So, right. you know, when you think of muscle memory, my guys are playing on the West coast on our, PCs on our connections where they got it down pat. But when you play in New York, you're playing on their connection. So now, you know, we're, we're like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, why am I missing everything? So you got to get used to it. Um, but it was very competitive, man. I mean, and these kids, they go after it. It's funny to hear them on a the mic because they talk crap and they just, I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they're just, they're athletes. Like they're, they're just like, even though they're not running around on the court, this and that, like it, it takes skill to do what they do. So. And that's what I was going to ask about was the trash talk element. Because that's, that's one of my favorite parts about sports, you know, yeah. like when I played, like I, that was the thing. Right. So I was like curious, like they, they're talking trash on the mics uh, and everything. Yeah. 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 It's bad, man. So they can't hear each other. So basically we, we get in discord. So um, discord is like another streaming app, um, yep. you know, for, for us, we're, we're all in some, so it's my team. So my five, myself, and then maybe like a scout or two, um, you know, or GM and then one scout, but they're on mute. So I can hear my team talking trash, but we can't hear the other team. Gotcha. But on stage, you know, they can hear each other. Like they're face to face. Like guys are standing up, like yelling at each other. Like, 
It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And then afterwards, you know, they take it to Twitter and they, so that's one of the things I told my team, I wanted us to work on with the culture. Like don't take it to Twitter. Just what they like to say is GG. So good games. Um, you know, and I just say, leave it at that. Don't really, you know, talk too much trash on Twitter. Like just keep it professional, but these other teams, man, they'll type away, man, type away. So yeah, it's, it's the real deal, man. They'll talk trash. That's amazing. Okay. So last year you guys had a good a good team, right? And a good finish. What's the expectations for for this year? I mean, the same that we left off last year. So coming in, um, I understood, you know, the pressure of winning a championship. Um, like I said before, they returned, you know, four guys last year. They lost um a center who's one of the best centers in the league. Um, but we got the best center in the draft. So uh we got him and then we had a great six man where you know, coming in, championship or bust was the slogan. Like, hey, if we don't win a championship, season's a failure. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth. So as you guys know, we made it to the championship. We lost. Um, don't want to say it's a failure because I don't want to bash my guys, but definitely left a bad taste in our mouths, um, you know, especially for my guys who returned um, from season two because they made it to the semifinals, one of the hottest teams in the league. Then the next step, they made it to the championship. So, I mean, I'm I'm going in with the same expectation. I mean, I'm bringing back, you know, four of my guys, the four guys that we wanted. Um, right now, my, my staff, uh, myself um, included, we're scouting games away. I'm trying to make sure we're doing our due diligence to to fill in our last starting spot and get a six-man in there that's willing to, you know, sacrifice and for the better and the greater good of our team. And we're looking to return right back to the championship and, you know, finish finish the business. So um, that's that's all it is to it, man. Regular season, you know, go through that. I don't care about being undefeated or anything. I want a championship, and that's how my team feels as well. Now, when does the season start and when when's it gonna kick off? When you know, how do the how do the listeners that might be intrigued right now tune in and, and give support? So so unfortunately, man, I do not know at this point in time. Um, like I said, with COVID going on, um, the NBA, we're trying to figure out the kings of the NBA. We don't even know if there's gonna be a G League season. Um, 2K obviously they did a great job with remote play. But um, I think the league's still having meetings to figure out some scheduling and some timing on things. But um, right now, it's just too hard to call it, man, because we don't know. We, um, you know, hopefully and we don't know, but hopefully we can get back on stage. So we don't know if maybe they'll start it later or we might have to do remote play again. So we just we just don't know, man. I'm I'm just like you guys at this point in time, man. I'm just just playing it by ear. Um, my my advice would be, you know, if you have any type of social media um you can you can follow um, NBA 2K League on all platforms. So, you know, Instagram, Twitter, um, you know, I'm sure it's on Facebook. And then if you want to follow us, Warriors Gaming Squad, um, you know, and, and we're always putting updates on there as well with our guys. Um, you know, so those are those are two things I would follow if you're really interested and intrigued by the league and, you know, following us um, this upcoming year. Absolutely. And those are two good ways to follow, like Mike, Mike said, NBA 2K League, or you can follow Warriors Gaming Squad to look out for the updates on season. Mr. Mike Newton, Warriors Gaming Squad, head coach with us again in the building. Mike, we're going to leave it for you for a last minute shout out or social media following. You already kind of mentioned social media there, but anything that you want to leave the listeners with, uh, we really do appreciate you taking some time tonight. No problem, man. I want to say thank you to Ryan and Dave. Um, I really appreciate it, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I just want to shout out my team. I mean, they did a great job. Um, even some of the guys that, you know, aren't returning, like, you know, Jen, I'm, I'm 
wishing the best for Jen. He's with the next Nets gaming squad now. So I'm wishing the best for him. He was a, a integral part of our success this past year. Um, Maddie, Maddie was our sixth man. Um, he, he didn't return, but you know, who knows, maybe in the draft, we get him back. So he stepped in a couple of games and, you know, maybe six or seven, one of some big time games and made some big time plays. Um, for our four returners, so CB13, which you guys talked to, um, Gradient, that's Sammy, Be Smooth, and Slaughter. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back with those guys. I'm getting after it. And then my whole staff just gritting it out working. You know what I mean? Those guys, those are the guys who really, you know, deserve um, the attention. Um, you know, my job would be a lot harder, and I wouldn't be able to do it without those guys. So I would just shout out the whole Warriors gaming squad um, on, you know, a great season and then, you know, just ready to get back to it once I get back out to California and the season starts. So um, you can also follow me. Uh, my Instagram is Mike check one underscore underscore two. Um, and, and I'm on Twitter some and it's the same thing. So um, that's how you can follow me. But I, again, guys, I appreciate you guys. Everybody stay safe um, and, and follow us, man. Follow us. We're gonna have a big year next year. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mike. Well, you got some Mav gear coming your way. Just make sure you hit me up with your address and respond to that email so we can get you some Mav gear so you can support we'll it do. during practice or something. We'll do. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. We'll do. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to get to that email right now. <laughs> right <laughs> there now. You go. I need it. Size small. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> small. I like, I like fit it. Fit it. Fresh out of the film room, David Turner and myself have concluded the film evaluation section of Friday Night Scout School. Next stop, understanding the business side of professional football. There is only so much you can see on the surface. Come see the inner workings of a professional football team from David Turner, who has seen it firsthand for the better part of 18 years on the NFL level, on the CFL level, on the Arena League level. How to construct an organization seminar this Friday Nine o'clock Eastern time, Friday night scout school. Make sure to sign up at nfldraftbible.com. So what are we doing tonight? We are constructing our own front office. Okay. This is an expansion team because David just asked me beforehand. We're talking expansion football here. So we need to get our team off to on the right foot. We need to put the right front office in place. So what are we picking on? We're talking general managers. We're talking head coach. We're talking offensive coordinator. We're talking defensive coordinator. Basically, all three of us, myself, Laz, and David Turner, are all going to be the owners of our expansion franchise. You can pick the names. I picked out some names in case you guys need it. But you need to fill your front office here. And how this is going to work, we're doing a snake draft. Okay? So this snake draft, um, if you're a fantasy football lover, right, we are going one by one. The third pick in this order will get back to back starting in the second round. So we have David leading us off in a second. Myself, then last, we'll get back to back here of these picks. Again, fill in the general manager, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. The rules, there has to be some type of rules, right? These positions that we're picking. The person that we're picking to fill them cannot currently occupy these positions in the NFL. So you can't pick a current general manager to be your general manager. You can't pick a current head coach to be your head coach. You can pick a college head coach, though, to be your head coach. Just a little tidbit there. You can pick somebody maybe retired. It could just not be somebody that currently resides in that position in the NFL. What position do you have to pick first? You don't. You can pick whatever position you want. I think Lance has a little advantage to having that first back-to-back. I think that's really going to set the tide here. But David Turner, you are starting us off tonight, my friend. Let me hear 
where you are starting to construct your perfect NFL front office. Well, you know what's really fun about this exercise that you came up with is that it, it goes to start talking about how you, as a as an overall owner of a franchise, starts to think through the process, the power structure, the org chart, all that stuff inside your your company. And for me, because I came up under Ernie Acorsi and I saw how the uh, strong general manager role is, that's probably where I'm going to lead off tonight. And I have a bunch of candidates. I mean, I really thought I sat down, I made notes on all these guys. And, you know, I was really thinking a lot about maybe bringing back John Dorsey because I don't think he's ever really got a fair shake at being a general manager somewhere. I think in Kansas City, he got squeezed out too fast. And then in Cleveland, you know, his um, his choice at coach really uh, hamstringed him there and he didn't get a fair shake to really see that from come to fruition. But right now I'm going to go with, I got four candidates for my general manager spot. I'm going to lead off with Marty Mayhew. Now, I don't know if anybody remembers Marty. Marty was a young GM actually of the Detroit Lions. He's now over with the uh, San Francisco 49ers as a current personnel executive. Marty's only 55 years old. And he interviewed for the Houston Texans last year. I mean, most people don't even realize that Marty was a five foot, eight hundred seventy pound uh, corner at Florida State, and he played eight years for the Redskins in the league. So this is a guy who won a Super Bowl with the Redskins and has been a general manager before. But then there's other candidates too, like George Payton, Scott Fitterer, and the hot name young man on the on the list these days, which is Ed Dodds. So. When I'm looking at this list, they're very qualified individuals and, you know, their resumes are deep. I'm going to have to lead off, though, with somebody that I've known for 18 years, and I'll probably have to pick George Payton. George is a is 14 years, uh, 14 seasons at the Minnesota Vikings. He's assistant general manager there. He's passed up several opportunities to be general manager at other places. Um, this is a guy who was a four-year letterman at DB at UCLA. And he went and played ball over overseas. Um, he's also interviewed for the Cleveland Browns job last year and the San Francisco 49ers job before they went to Lynch. So I'm going to give George his final his, his shot, and he'll be my general manager. Wow, David, I, I wrote down Marty Mayhew, man, because you really talked him up there for a couple minutes. I was like, wait, why is, why is David still talking here? George Payton it is, though. George Payton it is. I knew you got to go general know manager. Your so you got to be able to backstory all your candidates. You got to do your research here. Oh, man, that was, that was so boring. I knew you were going general manager first. I know Laz is probably going to pick an offensive coordinator first because that's, that's, that's his thing, right? That's his bread and butter. Unless, Laz, maybe I'll steal your guy here because, you know, Laz did let me know who his uh, front runner is, but I'm not going to take advantage of that conversation. I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to go a little off, off the cuff here, David. You ready for this one? I'm going general manager as well, okay? I'm going a guy. we saw seen some recent success with the Oakland Raiders. Or I keep saying Oakland. Las Vegas Raiders with their general manager being Mike Mayock, right? Has that background as a NFL analyst on, on a NFL network, right? On a draft analyst. So I'm going a similar route here. And I'm taking Daniel Jeremiah to be my general manager. Because he has also, to, to put on that layer of, you know, recency bias with a guy like Mayock, Daniel Jeremiah also spent some time in scouting departments. So he has that background as well. So Daniel Jeremiah coming off the board here as my general manager for my team. David, you like that one? 
No, I think you're wrong. I think you're awful. I think if you really looked at Jeremiah's background and what, how much a cup of coffee he had in these scouting departments before he became a talking head on TV, you know, you would realize his resume is weak. But that's just me. You're just a hater. You're just a hater. Laz, you now have you, you now have you now have back to back, my friend. You might control the draft right here. What's what's your mind going on this? Um, I'm actually going to follow in the footsteps of you two boys and uh, start at the top with general manager. Um, like Dave was saying, I had a, a bunch of candidates here. Uh, Brian Billick, I thought, was the first one that came to mind without doing any research. Um, but my guy is going to be a guy that uh, I think John Lynch paved the way for this transition from broadcast booth to GM. Uh, just listening to this guy speak on a daily basis, I get smarter. Um, he's a commentator. He knows everyone's scheme. He knows everyone's personnel. That's just his job. Um, I think this guy is young. He's got intensity. He's got fire. I think he knows the game. Uh, I think he could put together a nice roster. I'm going to go with um, Tony Romo. Wow. As a general manager? As general manager. I love it. I love it. That's oh, awesome. my God. I thought this guy was bringing something to the table. Now he's bringing <laughs> commercials. Yeah. I mean, He's bringing Tony Romo from the quarterback position to a general. He didn't even go Lewis Riddick, who's actually got chops. As no, a oh, Lewis, Lewis Riddick, stop. Uh, that would have oh, been like my, my twilight choice. What has Tony Romo ever done? He hasn't even a Super Bowl ring on his finger. He doesn't, but I, I mean, he's just a very, very knowledgeable guy. Like I said, I get smarter just watching him and listening to him every week. I get dumb listening to him. I lose <laughs> <stuff. laughs> David, stop being a hater. Laz is surrounding his his stag don't, here. Hey, don't, with don't offensive firepower. You're unmuzzled on this show. Don't protect your guy. Don't come Woo. in here with your your All shield right. up. Well, All well, right. well Laz, Laz, he might he might like your second pick here. Let's see what you got. All right. So uh, as Ryan was saying, I did uh, when we first talked about this. This guy came right to mind. Um, definitely going to stick on the offensive side of the ball. The best quarterback coach in the land, in my opinion. Um, you think about. The quarterbacks that have been drafted lately, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, um, a brilliant offensive mind whose offensive concepts are cutting edge, um, evidenced by those guys. Um, my head coach is going to be Lincoln Riley. Oh, like it, like it. We're getting some college flavor into the front office here. I can't, wait, you hate that I can't wait to play his team. I really can't wait to play his team. <laughs> Expansion team. We're I ready. can't wait to play you. It's going to be expectations. <laughs> Whoever his quarterback is is certainly happy, David. You hater. <laughs> All right, David, you have – oh, actually, no, it's going back around to me. Oh, I was not prepared for this. Okay, let's see what I got. Got my general manager already, Daniel Jeremiah, the best general manager picked so far, in my opinion. Yeah, your opinion is wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Laz just gave me a offensive guru, so I'm going to go another offensive route. Here's my head coach. I'm going Mr. Joe Brady as my head coach, the current offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. Spent one year at LSU, historic season with Joe Burrow and all those guys, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, Justin Jefferson, great group there, obviously. He, for me, is the new wave, right? We talk about the Sean McVays, the Kyle Shanahans. It used to be an outlier to see these younger coaches. Now we're seeing an influx, Matt LaFleur. These younger guys – they're a little over 30. He's going to be like, he's only 31, maybe 32, but I am totally fine with this one. David, did that, did that tickle your fancy a little better? Joe Brady? 
No, not at all. I'm still over here with my haterade fully in charge in my drink cup. Because really he's are. done nothing. Like you, you he's done you got you went to TV to get one guy and that's done nothing, and then you went and did nothing again. So you got two nothings. You got two nothings at the top of your franchise. You you know what's great, David? We have so the great thing about Twitter is, is everybody knows everything about anything, right? So I'm gonna put, I'm gonna post these I'm gonna post these teams afterwards. I'm gonna make a poll and say whose team is better. I guarantee my team beats you. I, I guarantee, guarantee the haters, the, the 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 non-educated individuals on Twitter probably will rank your your popularity <laughs> contest well. But I don't I don't build to win popularities. On this panel here, I'm the one with three championship rings, and therefore, how did I build those rings <laughs> with good structure, with with Excuse knowledgeable me. picks, with Excuse doing me, research? All right, yeah, well represented, <laughs> former Arizona Rattler executive here, I, David. What's your team name, by the way? We we said on Arizona Roadrunners. No, it's simple. Team? It's easy. It's the same as the company. We're the Mavericks, baby. We're unmuzzled. We're all the way upfield. We're getting after it. We are that. We are leading the pack. Everybody's following us. Nobody can be in front of us because we're the Mavericks, baby. <laughs> and as we can hear, David likes to talk. So, David, you actually have back to back picks here. So, get it oh, over. Make your terrible I picks. Know, I know. I know how to win, and this is what we're about to do. So, hey, everybody, sharpen your pencils. Get your piece of paper because this is how you win right here. Taking advantage of these back-to-back picks. You got qualified head coaching candidates sitting out there. Guys like Eric Bieniemy, Leslie Frazier, you know, Don Martindale, who interviewed at the, at the New York Giants just last year. Greg Roman, who's only 48 years old, and he's been with uh, – he's won championship rings in San Francisco and I believe in Baltimore. And he's sitting there as one of the best coordinators at the at the Baltimore Colts or Baltimore Ravens right now. So Baltimore you guys Colts. like to get all you these. Just showed, you just showed your age, age right there. Say the oh yeah, I, well you guys been you guys been showing your age with wrapping all your coaching and GM candidates in diapers. So I mean, right. I got it. <laughs> no, but the guy that I that I really like here, if George is my head, if my general manager, it really would be a tight race between Bienemy. And Brian Doddle. Brian Doddle is a guy who spent 11 seasons in New England off and on. He's won five championships. He won a championship at Alabama as offensive coordinator. He's currently the offensive coordinator at the Buffalo Bills doing an excellent Are you talking job. Are Dable? Brian right, Dable. Dable. Is that how you say okay. it? Dable. Dable. And so, therefore, yes, you know, he, a, he got introduced I'm your, to Nick I'm your pronunciation coach. Yeah, you actually are. Perfect. So he, he, I got introduced to uh, Nick Saban in uh, 1998, where he was on the Michigan State staff. He's known McDermott since uh, 1997. That's where they met at William and Mary when they were both there. So this is a guy who's been around championship coaches a long time. He knows how to win. He's part of a winning program right now. They turned around a franchise already at the Buffalo Bills with him being in a very key role spot. So therefore, that why that's why I would name him the head coach with George Payton be the general manager. David, if it makes you feel better, uh, Brian Dable was on my short list, but uh, went Lincoln instead. Yeah, well, you know, it's fine. I can't wait to play your team. We're almost <laughs> like, you know, and Lincoln doesn't know protections, so I'm all about it. Let's go. We're blitzing, baby. We're up. Yeah, all right. Well, Laz, I was about to ask you what your opinion on was of Dayball because he's done. Seems to be doing a great job with Josh Allen, kind of developing him over there in in uh, Buff, down, up in Buffalo. Yeah, right. I know you and I have talked about Josh Allen before. Um, when he came out of Wyoming, I was not the biggest fan, and you can be the first one to attest to that. But uh, what he's done in the last, I mean, twelve, eighteen months has been 
uh, truly attributed to uh, Brian Dabo. I mean, uh, just an unbelievable job. You told me the Bills are going to be 7-3 and three this year, leading the AFC East, doing the things they're doing on offense. I would, <laughs> I would color me purple. I would not have agreed. Color you not purple? To- Maybe for the Super Bowl if they make it there. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> I could be fine. All right, David, we're, all, we're up to your second of the back-to-back here. My back-to-back picks here, because I after watching what you guys are picking here, I'm pretty sure the rest of my qualified candidates are safe, so I don't need to really <laughs> jump the gun here, you know, as you guys are going to get unqualified guys to fill the rest of your positions. But sure. um, I, I'm going to go with offensive coordinator next. And there was some really good candidates here. You know, I like Luke Getze out of uh, the qu- quarterback coach and pass game coordinator there at the Packers. Joe Lombardi, the quarterback coach there at um, the Saints. Mike LaFleur, the Niners pass game coordinator. But here's a young kid, that a uh, young guy that interviewed for the Cincinnati job two years ago. Didn't get it, but he interviewed for it, and he's a guy I know well. Shane Waldron, Rams passing game coordinator. Shane is a young coach who's, uh, again, out of the same mold of going. He's been at New England. He's been at Notre Dame. I think him and the head coach have a very similar philosophy in what they're trying to do. So it would be a natural pairing to have Shane be the OC underneath our head coach. Continues the uh, line of McVay disciples, right? Like the Zach Taylors of the world. It hasn't, hasn't worked up too good in Cincinnati, though. So I think I think the um, the Arizona, what did I call you, Eskimos or something, right? Like I don't think they're uh, going to be wow. too too. You can't even get the Walden. Mavericks right? Like it's the name of the Oh, the Mavericks. I'm sorry, Arizona Mavericks. It's on Mavericks. your shirt. <laughs> it is on my shirt. You got a solid point there. It's right. Uh, You're wearing my team paraphernalia right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, that's messed up. Am I, am I throwing this draft then so that you can win? That sounds that sounds weird. Might be. Um, well, you're might be. Before we continue, we appreciate you tuning in to Maverick Sports Take tonight. You, What would you be able to accomplish if you were to attract your ideal client, next opportunity, or your ideal position? Maverick Sports Consulting can coach you on how to use your social media to attract your ideal client if you're an agent, your next opportunity, if you're an athlete or you're, uh, um, sorry, athlete or your ideal position, if you're a coach, do you have a self-branding strategy? Are you all your efforts aligned to accomplish that strategy? Don't be intimidated. You can accomplish everything you're setting out to. You just need a little coaching and Maverick Sports Consulting is your expert coach to get you to your goals. Check out maverickSportsConsulting.com for more information. Moving into my pick here. I have Mr. Daniel Jeremiah as my general manager. I have Mr. Joe Brady as my head coach. Tough call here because I, I have several offensive coordinators that I'd be very okay with here. Um, so I'm going to go defense here. I'm going to go defense coordinator. First defensive coach of the night. I almost I, – I, I thought about Kyle Whittingham. I did because I love Kyle Whittingham at Utah. I thought about him. I did not pick him, though, David, so get that look off your face, okay? I thought about Pat Fitzgerald because, again, I really like Pat Fitzgerald, former North Northwestern linebacker, uh, linebacker All-American. has done an exceptional job at Northwestern. Northwestern's in the top ten right now, uh, which says a lot about the, the job that he's done. But I'm going to go a little – not off the grid. I'm going to go to a college defensive coordinator, not a coach, not a head coach. I'm going to go Jim Leonard from the Wisconsin Badgers, okay? He was a really, really solid safety for a long time, despite not being the most athletically gifted player of all time. He has has that instinct to him. He has that intelligence to him. I think that he would fit perfectly into this 
system here, looking at the youth movement of my staff, because I like young, I like energetic, and I like very good coaches. Jim Leonard, for me, is one of the rising stars on the college ranks as far as defensive systems. Um, thought about Kyle Whittingham again. Thought about Pat Fitzgerald. I even thought about Morgan Scally, the uh, defense coordinator for Utah, just because I really like uh, schematically what he puts. Sorry, Scally, then saying schematically, almost back-to-back there, was not a great combination there. A little well, alliteration like at the beginning. Not really great combinations. but well, well, Jim Leonard is my pick here, and it is the best pick, in my opinion, so far tonight. So I'm going to go Jim well, Leonard. For you, it's been the best pick so far tonight. I bet, you, I bet you Laz liked it. I, th- I saw his, a twinkle in his eye when I yeah, said that one. I like it. You got to get out of the college ranks. There's so many qualified NFL coaches that have had 15, 20, 30 years, have never had their shot that you could definitely give opportunity to, and you're staying in the college ranks. That was my first college guy. That was my first college guy I've gotten. What are you talking about? Uh, Joe Brady. He's he's an he's a offense coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. He's not one a One year. Guy. One year. That's fine. That's fine. I, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. He's made Teddy Bridgewater look good. Enough. Enough. It's fine. I've seen enough. Soon enough. All right. So we're back up to Justin. He has back to back so far. He has Tony Romo as his general manager and off the wall pick there. We got Lincoln Riley as his head coach so far. Laz, what are we looking at on this one? Well, being that I went young with the first two, uh, I feel like I needed some instant credibility somewhere on this front office. So I'm going to go with that as my defensive coordinator. Um, I originally thought Bud Foster being a homer, Virginia Tech grad. Um, just a great dude, great college coach. Um, we bypassed him, though. Uh, another guy that came to mind was Nick Saban. Since 2007, for 15 defensive players drafted in round one. Uh, renowned defensive back coach. But when it's all said and done, uh, this guy had a 138-69 and 69 career record as a NFL head coach. Uh, I feel he still got the fire. His team's led – his defense is – we're top 10 in total yards and points allowed for an amazing seven straight seasons. I mean, the guy pretty much has a defense named after him, the Tampa 2. My defensive coordinator Ooh. would be Tony Dungy. Wow. So you just went straight to the, the commentator's booth and started picking. Instant credibility. David, Tony Dungy is a great coach. What are we talking about? Well, I'm just saying, we got Romo off of TV. Now we got mm-hmm. Dungy off of TV. <laughs> hey, I did go that hey. I can't deny it. I think these guys um, are legitimate, legitimate front office people. I think they would do a great job for my expansion franchise. And you slap, and David, you were talking about the young Lincoln Riley, right? You slap the associate head coach label on Tony Dungy as well. Mm. You're good to go there, my friend. You know, I don't see Tony coming out of the broadcast booth to be a, a coordinator. You, you know, if you would have came over and got Herm Edwards or something, it's, maybe, but I just don't see him coming to be a coordinator. There was, there was, there was no mean. rules here. There was no rules here. There, this is not. This is not actually going to happen. So let, let's let the imagination run wild a little bit here. He's going to revisit these days as the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive coordinator. That's where he started. That's where he'll finish. Yeah, yep. I was about to say he was a defensive back back in the day. He was actually yeah. a college quarterback. Then moved mm-hmm. to cornerback. So great pick there. I like that one a lot. And to round out your front office. I'm surprised here. Offensive coordinator is your last pick. Yeah, um, this one's uh, off the wall. Uh, I expect a little give back on this one, but uh, I'm sticking <laughs> to my guns here. Um, I did I did go the college route with Lincoln Riley. I thought about Ryan Day. Um, 
Interesting. All the top, all the top quarterbacks want to go there. I mean, uh, what he's done with JT Bear and Dwayne Haskins at the college level, and even Justin Fields has been unbelievable. Um, my next offensive coordinator is actually still in the NFL playing. Well, not playing, but he's still on an NFL roster. Um, he's played, oh, I know it. He's played I know 15 it. years in the NFL. 10 different teams. He's seen it all. Um, great relationships. David can't wait to hear this pick. Uh, I've heard one NFL exec said he could be a coach right now. I'm going Josh McCown. Wow, I love that. I love yeah, that. I mean, they're, 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 colonials. I, 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 I signed him as a player up at the Colonials, yeah. and now he's still out there. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a sharp guy, man. Yeah. They're paying, him, they're paying yeah. him a lot of money just to sit and be ready just in case as an emergency quarterback. So you can't hate on him, David. He, he, he still might be coaching in Texas right now, so he is ready for this gig for my team. I can't wait <laughs> to have this guy. And he's actually he's not like five guys sitting out there on the bench. You guys are leaving on the Listen, bench. Anyone can pick those guys, David. Anyone. We got to think outside the box a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm in I'm in a tough spot here because you know I would love to maybe add Eric Bieniemy as my offensive coordinator, but he's already an offensive coordinator, so I can't yeah. pick him. Unfortunately, my offensive coordinator. I'm gonna go off the wall here a little bit too for you, David. You ready for this one, my friend? Are you ready? Why you not? Ready? I mean, you guys have done nothing but throw curveballs all night. <laughs> I'm just sitting back. I'm just sitting, my hands are sitting back waiting for the curve because there is no heat coming. There's nothing like straight down the middle. It's all curveball. So I'm waiting. My hands are back. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh, I I I got something good for you here, David. Ready? You t- you already put, picked the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dayball to come to your staff, right? You did that. I am going to do you one up there. Oh, it was Justin. I'm sorry, Justin picked Brian Dayball. Oh. Okay. No, I, I picked it. Don't don't get it oh, twisted. I had the great pick. He was my head coach. I'm looking, I'm looking, don't I'm be giving my great picks away. Uh, it wasn't that great of a pick. That's why I was, you know, I was a little concerned. I know, I know it was. I got it. I understand where we're at. I got it. So I'm going. To, I'm going to the Buffalo Bills offensive staff here for my last pick, and I'm actually picking the quarterback coach who spent years also with Cam Newton in Carolina. Has been with Josh Allen the last two years. I got Mr. My, former Miami Hurricane great Ken Dorsey coming yeah. as my offensive coordinator. Good luck with that one. God bless. Yeah. yeah. Why? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? You is forget he, I was not- on a staff with him. I know. <laughs> so, oh, are you dropping something? Are you dropping something here? Are you telling no, something? No, just saying good luck. God bless with that one. At least making decisions up in the booth for you. That would be great. Hey, I can't I'm wait cont- to cont- one of your teams. I'm continuing the trend of shitty uh, NFL quarterbacks that turn into good coaches. It happens all the time. So, what is that? I was thinking about Mike Kafka. I was thinking about Mike Kafka with Kansas City. I wrote him down, and here's an off the ball wall, uh, wall one a little bit. I actually wrote down um, Joe Blymeyer, who is a uh, the, the passing game coordinator with the Chiefs now as well. Okay. He's been on the staff for the last five years. He was the other guy I wrote down. So that means two completed staff. Laz has Tony Romo as the general manager, Lincoln Riley as the head coach, offensive coordinator Josh McCown, and defensive coordinator Tony Dungy returning from, from retirements. Ryan has Daniel Jeremiah as general manager, Joe Brady as his head coach, Ken Dorsey as his offensive coordinator, and Jim Leonard as the defensive coordinator. David, last pick of the night. Did we, did we do this right or not? We have defensive coordinator being your last selection of the night. Yes, and there's – 
a lot of qualified position coaches that really deserve the nod here in the NFL to take this job and move on with it. But there were two that I really was bouncing between Andre Curtis from the Seattle Seahawks, their pass game coordinator, because with all the injuries and everything they've had there in Seattle, he's had a, he's had a like patch well quilt, a secondary together, and they've actually looked like they've on the, been on the same page 80% of every, every game. They've really done well there. And so I'm like anybody who can muster and manage that kind of, uh, adversity through a season like this is a guy that needs to get the interview and see what it is. But my ultimate nod for defense coordinator would be Terrell Austin, Steeler secondary coach and senior defensive assistant. Terrell is a very qualified and very uh, knowledgeable defensive coordinator candidate. And he's a guy who's been sitting in line in the weights that deserves a shot right now. And he would be a guy that would be a great addition to our staff. Again, continuing to bring winning traditions and stability into our building a guy like Terrell Austin would be a great addition to our staff. That's boring. <laughs> it's only called we went, winning. It's only called we went, winning. It's only we, went, winning. We, we took chances. Me and Justin took chances. You just went old and boring. It doesn't matter. You, you, talk about the Bolts, you talk about the Baltimore Colts half the time. Like That, that was boring. Oh, my God. You have no idea how to build a winning organization. I mean, geez, Tony Romer as a GM candidate. Oh my God. <laughs> turning over in his grave. He's freaking, oh my God. Nobody, did, did you think that John Lynch was going to be a general manager that quickly into his career too, David? Come on now. Come on. No. Come on. And, and he's going to win a Super Bowl. So, you know, it is what it oh. is. He's only oh, been there okay. for years. He, he paved the way for Mr. Romo. No. Paved the way. He's yeah. a trendsetter. That's a road you shouldn't travel. That's just the road. He has to pay Jim Nance, so. Uh, Tony can go make a little more money with my uh, franchise. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Uh, you right, got so, to get him out of the booth. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> We're running a little over. Again, David's team is George Payton, general manager, head coach Brian Dayball, Shane Waldron, his offensive coordinator, and Terrell Austin, defense coordinator. We're going to put a poll out there to see what you all think out there on Twitter. Thank you so much for the people that are still listening. I can't wait to see who wins that poll. David, real quick, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you to end this here. My team, which again is Daniel Jeremiah, Joe Brady, Ken Dorsey, Jim Leonard, or Justin has Tony Romo, Lincoln Riley, Josh McCown, Tony Dungy. Which one has you worried the most? Is that a trick question? <laughs> no, it's not. Is that a trick question? I don't, I honestly, guys, I'm not just trying to buy shops, but there are so many good – when you're talking about the difference between a college football game and an NFL football game, there's so much big differences, and that's why I don't pull from the college ranks to the pro ranks too often. I think Leonard in time could be a really good coordinator in the NFL if he went back up and became a position coach in the NFL, worked on some of his calls, worked on some of his stuff, because, again, I like what he's doing there. I think Jim Leonard at Wisconsin, it really has them playing very sound defense. But, again – Look who just beat them, right? I mean, they just went and got beat. So, and, and so it's like you got to look at these kind of things because the NFL is a 11 on 11 with all very special athletes playing against each other. It's not like college football where you can out-recruit, out-rank guys, and then just look more impressive because your guys make up for your, your lack of ability as coaches or play callers. So that's why, for me, I pulled everybody from the actual National Football League with history and longevity because – when you're building an NFL team, you want to have that stability. And then you pull from programs that either have transitioned already 
and made it out of the bottom and now are winning or they're in a, a stable organization like the Steelers where they've seen winning and been encompassed by winning throughout the whole place and process. I do the same thing when I'm grading free agents, talking about character, where they've been, who's their coaches. You do, uh, Greg Knapp told me many years ago, you take a coach and look at his coaching tree, know where he's come from in order to know where he's going. And those are the kind of things that I took in those messages I took today when I was building my teams. So that's why I built it with the guys that I built it with. I love it, David. David's a little grumpy today. If you love David lecturing, though, Friday Night Scout School this week again, 9 Eastern time, how to build an organization. We're talking the schematics. We're talking behind the scenes. Come sign up today at NFLDraftBible.com. I want to thank everybody again for tuning in to Math Sports Take, our two great interviews. Justin coming on with us for, for this uh, nice little exercise here. We thank you all. We wish you all the best of, um, the best of holidays. Coming up here, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And we will talk to you again, same time, same place, Maverick Sports Take. We'll see you all again next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts on today's episode, and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.